Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Nikola Jokic against Markeith Morris, my friend. That was some kind of funny. Man, <laughs> he tossed that kid to the ground. Like, honestly, cheap shot by Markeith. Not the best look for the league all around, and obviously Jokic has had his issues in the past. This isn't the first time that we've seen this. One game suspension for Jokic, 50k fine for Markeith, but what a clip for basketball fans. Jokic has a temper, man, and he just let it out. He was like, you're going to hard foul me? Watch this. <laughs> just absolutely threw his shoulder in the back of him. That was awesome, awesome clip to watch. I mean, glad Markeith isn't injured. You know, he's got some whiplash, but like, bit of an actor. I'm not going to, anyways, we're going to move past this. It is what it is. Matt, good to be home, good to be back. Another podcast episode. Happy Thursday. Yeah, man, it's nice to have you back without the birds flying around. Um, unfortunately, your bird take was for the birds, as you thought the Jets were going to be able to beat the Colts, but, I mean, even with their third-string QB playing pretty well, they lost. Look, I don't know what to tell you, all right, Jasper and Banjo, they had me just going crazy with these thoughts, and... I, I guess I had hopes in the Jets. I mean, last season they proved me so right when I had no faith in them, so maybe I need to go back to that train. Absolutely, go back to the no faith train, man. <laughs> They are not good. And the best part is is that QB2 and QB3 are showing Zach Wilson how it's done. Even the coach is talking about it. Now he's seen two quarterbacks run this offense efficiently. Yikes, not how you want to be talking about the second overall pick. Yeah, you don't want your coach, you don't want your coach to be against you like that. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, I got an easy win going against my Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, 0-3 week, pretty pretty obvious that it was going to happen. They're just pathetic right now, but I'll get into that a little bit later. You want to talk about the NFL, my friend? I mean, yeah, it was a pretty crazy weekend. Like, there was a lot of interesting things going on. My personal favorite, the Yags getting a W, especially against the Bills in a game that has, like, no points. Like, what a weird one. Yeah, absolutely a very weird one. Josh Allen and that offense looked very stalled. Kind of like they did at the beginning of the Miami game, but they they did come back in the Miami game. I'm, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, I definitely took them out of the second spot in my power rankings. Um, but yeah, you know, the Jags are going to get a win here and there. It's It's got to happen. But Matt, my favorite story is just the fact that I guess they had the better Josh Allen on the weekend, right? Like, Best storyline yeah. to come out of this game. Oh, poor Josh Allen, the QB. First time Josh Allen sacks a Josh Allen. He also intercepts Josh <laughs> Allen. He also fumble recoveries a Josh Allen. Yeah, it was Ooh. it was a good weekend for name puns for sure. Uh, the game though that I want to talk about, man, I thought it was going to be a good game. Minnesota Baltimore. You know, I thought Kirk Cousins was going to play well, which you know he had you know a Kirk Cousins kind of day. It was it was very mediocre by by all standards, but. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens ferociously come back, man. They were down, like, 14 points at one point, I think even more. Uh, 21 points unanswered, and then Minnesota had to get that late touchdown to tie it to go to overtime, but Baltimore still pulls it out. Minnesota keeps finding themselves in games like this, and it's it's just proof that their quarterback isn't good enough because he can't make the extra play to save the game. It's just frustrating. It's absolutely painful to see, but... An OT thriller for fans, Matt? Like, at least we can look at that on the bright side? Yeah, I mean, it, it, 
that's what I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a good game, but at the end of the day, it just sucks to see it like that, man. It sucks as a Minnesota fan in me. Um, those Cincy fans, though, they were hoping to get back on track after a weird loss. Um, did not happen. The Cleveland Browns absolutely steamrolled them without Odell Beckham Jr. Um, they released him, basically, and they just went off. Baker felt comfortable, 14 of 21, 218 yards, two TDs, no picks. Nick Chubbs, just absolutely unreal. Stud for my fantasy team. Since he just kind of got pushed around, it was kind of disappointing, man. I thought Cincinnati was a better team than that. I mean, a lot of people thought Cincinnati was a better team. I know there's there's a couple of people that have been riding the Bengals pretty high, but, uh, you know, these things happen. And, Matt, do we want to talk about OBJ and his kind of crazy around-the-Ferris-wheel storyline? Well, we'll see if he can revive his career with Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I can't believe he chose the Rams. Yeah. Great great team but they have cooper cup they have robert woods um i don't know how many targets he's going to get how great it's going to be for his career revival because that's what he's looking to do uh but hey man all the power to him he got to choose his place and he chose la i mean hey if it works out for him he'll be happy matt i also have to get your thoughts on the fact that apparently cam newton is returning to the panthers the fact that this man in 2015 took them all the way and they were this close and it's fallen as far as it is and now he's coming back for another year Matt I need to know well, your thoughts they have a pretty good roster Sam Darnold uh, started off the year pretty well but he's kind of cooled off he's got a shoulder injury now a, a, I think a crack in his labrum um, and so Cam Newton's back buddy we'll see how it goes I'm pretty excited about it uh, you know he returns home to where his NFL career started, maybe some good vibes, and uh, he can get them to, to become a playoff team because they're just on the outside looking in right now. And he might be kind of what the doctor ordered, uh, as long as he can take care of the football. I mean, that, that is the most important thing that everyone is thinking about. Absolutely. And I want to go back to one thing about OBJ. He did like the New York media and being a part of the spotlight. So maybe LA's the spot for him. You know, Kansas City, Green Bay, New Orleans, not necessarily the big bright lights that LA has. So he might, you know, get a little juiced up and play a little extra hard. But uh, a, a team that doesn't need any extra juice right now is those Arizona Cardinals steamrolling the San Francisco 49ers with their backup quarterback, Colt McCoy. Yikes, man. And James Conner leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers looking like an absolute steal for them. You know, people were saying the Steelers didn't have a rush game and he was the issue. Not looking like the case, my friend. Wow. The Cardinals, I'm still going to be mad at them. They can be the top forever. If they actually go undefeated, Matt, after losing that game, just because of my take, I'm done, dude. My curse powers are too strong too strong especially losing to green bay after um white right before aaron Rodgers gets covid uh, man and they lose to patrick mahomes who looks kind of broken uh 13 to 7 and jordan love man he's not the aaron Rodgers to brett Favre heir apparent kind of thing ah it's just tough tough if you're a green bay fan i mean hey that, that is the way of the world i'm pretty sure i used to be a green bay fan back in high school you know there was a certain <laughs> Um, yeah, no, big. I'm pretty sure I used to root on that team back in the day. They've got, you know, that old guard. They're they're one of the most historic franchises in the, in the NFL. I think they won like the first few Super Bowls. I can't remember how many in a row. Uh, they're kind of like the Montreal Canadiens of the NFL, you know. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> at least at least on your side of things, you know, Carey Price is owning up to his mistakes rather than just being an absolute dingus and taking whatever he thinks is his own personal research, Mr. Rogers. I mean, I'm going to get upset. Don't make me. Anyways. <laughs> Carey Price is a fabulous, amazing guy. Um, I've always been a huge Carey Price supporter. I'm glad that he got the help that he needs. This is kind of off track, but a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's just kind of selfishly saying that he's smarter than everyone and that he's figured out the alternative treatment to COVID. Um, yeah, okay, buddy, believe whatever you want. You're the smartest guy in the room. We get it. I don't have time to talk about that. I'm glad that, you know, a mature adult can own up to his mistakes, and that's exactly what Carey Price is. Um, back to the football, though, my friend, yes. because those Chargers barely escaped the Eagles, and, and the Titans smoked the Rams. Those were all the games that I thought were going to be good. Um, I can't believe the Titans without Derrick Henry were able to smash the Rams like that. I mean, they're 7-2 and two now, Matt. They're consistently i think gonna be up here for the rest of the way now so you gotta think about them yeah exactly i mean that brings me into my top 10 because i'm I'm gonna put tennessee in there uh you know they were at seven last week they they made a little bit of a climb but let's start with the honorable mention teams um these teams i just don't have that much faith in cincinnati for the last two weeks new england i'm not a huge fan of mac jones Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger, man, he's not he's not it. And Kansas City, you guys are like starting to turn it around. I could definitely see them jumping back into the top 10, but not at this rate, not the way that that offensive playing. But brings us to number 10, the Cleveland Browns without Odell Beckham Jr. Wow. I think the headache in the locker room is gone. I think Baker Mayfield, the stats have proven that he's a better quarterback without OBJ, and they're going to be fine. They're going to start rolling, running a lot. Cleveland comes in at number 10. I could even put them higher. I could make the argument myself. Honestly, I'm a fan of that because, like, at the end of the day, there's so much more going on than what we see on the field. And at the end of the day, if, you, if you're going to be a, a bit of a toxic locker room presence, get out of here. We can do better. Yeah, exactly. Um, had t- trouble making the top 10 this week, and I kept the Raiders in at number 9, even though they lost to the Giants. The Giants do play better football in the mid to latter half of the season than they do at the beginning always. It's kind of been the, the natural theme for them. So it was a tight loss. I don't love it, but I, I, I could see them getting back on track with a win against Kansas City this week. And if they do, I mean, they deserve to be in the top 10. I mean, it, I, I was looking ahead, Matt, at next week, and you know, maybe this is ahead for you, but Chiefs Raiders may be one of the super exciting games coming up because it's a weird week. I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of, out of your top ten here. Kevin, you're you're getting into the next topic of games of week ten. You know, um, the Chargers, man. I know they barely escaped the Eagles, and the Eagles have a poor record, but I think the Eagles are a better team than their record shows. Uh, they've been in some tight games against some good teams. Um, they have gotten smashed, and they've also done some smashing to some bad teams. So I like the Chargers win. I think Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. They come in at number eight. Um, coming in at number seven because they lost to the Jaguars, man. They they fall from number two to number seven because you can't lose the Jaguars nine to six. Um, it's an ugly loss. It, they lost to Pittsburgh at the beginning of the year. Um, they have some not great performances, and it's just going to knock them down in my book. What do yeah. you feel like uh, as the Bills it's, fan? It's painful. I mean, I was joking with uh, a guy I was working with the past few weeks, Rich, huge Bills fan, you know, Southern Ontario kid. And, like, I was telling him about my future plans of maybe getting to go through a table with Austin eventually if they win. But 
when you lose against these teams and, you know, with the week ahead that's coming up, I'm not going to spoil it because I know Matt's going to have it. Like, pff, Bills, you could be in a weird place this time next week. Yeah. I mean, they, they've they got to beat the Jets, you would figure, but hey, it, it's a good bounce back game. Uh, coming in hot at number six, they just got absolutely rocked by the Denver Broncos. Uh, but I'm going to throw that game out. They just didn't seem prepared. They seemed like they they just wanted to win um, easily. They thought they were the better team, more talented team, and, and Dak Prescott hadn't practiced all week. So uh, it's kind of a throwaway game, but they did get absolutely demolished. At one point, it was 30 to nothing. Uh, so 30 to 16 is not a great score, but yikes. Big, big, um, ouch, big ouch for America's team. Big ouch for the Cowboys. Coming in, sliding in at number five, I've got the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, they lost to Kansas City without Aaron Rodgers. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan of his personality, but his game is, is pretty great. Um, we'll see how he plays on kind of no practice, no drills um, leading up to the Sunday if he gets in. I think he would because of what they saw in Jordan Love. Um, but we, we talk about that on another day. Number four is... The Tennessee Titans, man, they absolutely smoked the Rams after beating the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and and uh, now the Rams in their last four games. They're on a big winning streak wow. um, without Derrick Henry. I don't know how high they can keep this and if they can sustain it, but, man, without Derrick Henry, you put on a performance like that, you deserve to be at number four. For sure. And then Tampa Bay, man, they were on a bye week. Uh, I'll keep them in at number three. Tom Brady, that offense, uh, after their last bye week last year, we all know what they did. They went on to just go on an absolute tear. So nervous for, for all teams in the NFL at this point. Number two, man, Baltimore, after that big comeback against Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, I like how consistent they are. They have had some stinkers, like the one against Cincinnati. They lost to the Raiders in the first game of the year. But again, like I think Baltimore is a better team than their record and i think they're going to be right there in the super bowl against this team the arizona cardinals my friend uh arizona absolutely rolled san francisco with colt mccoy uh without their two best players on offense um in deandre hopkins or kyler murray yeah just easy number one my friend at this point i mean i mentioned it earlier they're gonna win all these games now because of my curse moment it's just i don't even they're the best team right now they they just are they're proving it it's easy. Absolutely. They are by far and away what seems to be the best team in the NFL. Um, and then the games to watch out for this week. Minnesota, again, against the Chargers. Um, let's. They're always in a close game. I think the Chargers are a good team. Minnesota's trying to make the playoffs. We'll see what they can do there. Um, Tennessee versus the Saints. Can Tennessee keep it rolling? Can the Saints get it back on track after losing to Atlanta? I think that's going to be a good test for the Saints. Um, and Tennessee... You know, without Derrick Henry, are they going to be able to beat up on that defense? Because that's a stellar defense. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Las Vegas Raiders, my friend. Yeah, you're right. That is one of the games that, I, that I'm that i very interested in this week. Can Mahomes get back to being Mahomes? And can Carr, you know, put a stamp on this division and, and try and get that division win so that they can win it? Um, it's going to be a big game for both clubs. I, my favorite thing about where the Chiefs are right now is like it's kind of how a basketball fan feels when we're just down by like a couple points, right? Like they're just getting to 500, getting over it, falling back to 500, getting below it. So they're just like it's that crawl of a season, and it really proves the championship caliber. And Mahomes has to step up and be better, unfortunately, because he hasn't been perfect, which everyone needs him to be. He hasn't been Mahomes-like. I mean, he'll figure it out 
he has so many starts in the NFL at this point, um, and for 95% of them, he's been the most legendary quarterback in the league history, so he'll get it back on track. Um, can the Rams back, bounce back against San Francisco? San Francisco thought to be one of the better teams in the NFL roster-wise. Yeah. Um, the Rams adding Odell Beckham Jr. this week. I don't know if he'll play, but you know they've got a good team. They need that bounce-back win after losing to Tennessee. And then I think uh, two mediocre roster teams, uh, Philadelphia versus Denver. I think it's going to be one of the better games. Denver coming off that big win against the Cowboys. Uh, Philly getting that uh, close loss to the Chargers. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a pretty good game. It's going to be another exciting week in football. Maybe not like super high marquee matchups, but there'll be big moments. It's just football. It's just how it is these days. Always, man, and live with the unpredictable because last week was unpredictable. Next week's going to be unpredictable. That's just the way it is. Do you know what is not unpredictable? The Montreal Canadiens just absolutely being trashed, my friend. 0-3 week. Nick Suzuki's the only bright spot. I don't even want to talk about them. I'm glad that the hockey culture is being flushed out, though. Bob Murray, get your sorry GM butt out of here. We don't create hostile work environments. We aren't misogynists. We aren't racist. Let's be good people. Let's turn the hockey culture around. I'm all for that because I want to talk about great stories. I want to talk about heartwarming stories like Ovechkin's chase at history. The guy's fourth all-time in goals scored. He's the second fastest player to that mark, uh, obviously only behind Gretzky. He's got 11 goals in 12 games and 21 points. Oh, just turning back the clock. It's magical. He, he's been a joy like watching him put the puck in the net because I've seen so many of these highlight goals because he's just been on fire it's a joy to watch it's great to see Ovi you're a legend get it dude get it we all want it absolutely get it and then Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl both with 23 points in 11 games they are the Crosby Malkin equivalent to this generation they are nuts. They should definitely win a cup with these two because they're each on pace for like 160 points. That's nuts. That's I mean, so nuts. All I'm hearing right now is about how the Battle of Alberta is going to be Calgary versus Edmonton right now. So it's definitely up in the air around here. Calgary's been surprisingly good this year. So uh, I'm sure you, you're hearing that around around Alberta. But, uh, man, I'm, I'm really done about the NHL. You know, I'm still kind of upset with them. I do like it, though. I like hockey. And uh, all I want to say is if the Montreal Canadiens can't get first overall because Arizona and Chicago are tanking just as hard as them, take Connor Geeky. Get me Geeky. That kid is unreal. Him or Shane Wright, I'd be happy with either. Let's talk about some basketball, though. I'm done with these other sports. We're here about basketball. We love basketball. Tough week for the Raptors, but there were some good moments around the league. You know, we're going to take our else, you know, especially considering we had that sweet five-game win streak. But before we talk about the Raptors, we've got to talk about some other things because, yeah, it was a great week in basketball. We'll start really quickly with the sad stuff. Colin Sexton, torn meniscus, big injury, big injury for the Cavs. I'm sad about it, but... You know, they're having a good season. You know, we'll talk about the Cavs more when we talk about the Raptors game that they stole from us by a point. But, you know, tough, tough pain for for Sexton. Absolutely, man. He was playing well, building on what he did last year. I, I think he had a better season last year than what he's shown so far this year. Um, but, you know, Darius Garland, just good enough to step up. And it's probably why the, the Cavs were, were ready to part ways with him. You know, they got Garland. Well, I mean, that's the thing, and I mean, especially with Mobley, but ahead of myself, 
we could bring up Butler. We could talk about him, but we don't really know the extent of his injury. He did, you know, have to leave after playing. I think just the first quarter was it. Yeah, exactly. And it did help the Lakers get their win to help them go two and two this week, <laughs> because between Russ and AD right now, they are struggling to kind of figure out what their team is going to look like. Uh, you know, LeBron James is the remedy for all things, and with that abdominal strain, he's not been playing. But yeah, you know, it's good to get some wins. <laughs> I mean, they need them after some of the L's that they've been taking. But yeah, well, maybe we talk about the Lakers in a little bit. Matt, can we talk about Ben Simmons again? Because the rumors are swirling. It's come back. The Celtics, who are doing well and probably need to put this thought back to bed, are considering maybe a Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown type of trade coming up. Like, it's so weird, the rumors that I've heard. I like that trade more if I'm a Philadelphia fan. Uh, because you now have like Tobias Harris and Brown um, as kind of like a worse version of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, you know, Jason Tatum obviously now being Tobias Harris, but you get Embiid. You have a guy like Seth Curry on your on the roster, Tyrese Maxey. You know, it's a it's a better trade. Whereas um, Jason Tatum is a better shooter than. Um, Tobias Harris so Simmons getting to play with him would help but I don't think they have like Williams and and Horford don't stretch the floor enough and I don't think they have enough floor stretching to really incorporate Ben and and turn it around besides their 0-4 start they're 5-2 in their last seven so they've started to turn it around they started to figure it out I don't know if you want to mess with that right away that's exactly it no Matt I'm pretty much on board with you right like if the trade comes through the Celtics have to be asking for more shooting out of Philadelphia. Now, let's not say that Philadelphia can't offer things up because their guard rotations in the past few weeks have been fantastic. I mean, Philadelphia is getting destroyed with protocols right now. Embiid is out, Tobias is out, Matisse is out. Like, they are hurting. Tyrese Maxey had to go off for like 34 points or something the other night. Like, they were a week ago sitting at the top of the East. They're now sitting in, I think, fourth but they're still at an 8-4 record like they're doing really good without Ben Simmons and missing some major pieces the past little while so I don't know Matt I don't think you need to do this trade yet like Simmons like they started finding him again he needs to figure out his mental health if it's actually mental health and if it's not like you are you're the worst Simmons for literally faking mental um, issues because of your situation anyways you know what I mean like if he is faking it I mean that's the worst stuff to do in the world because you're um, discrediting something that is very creditable and that people do struggle with on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. So that's not a, a good play at all. The fact that he's not cooperating, I mean, kind of suggests that, but the team is finding him. So, you know, they're doing their due diligence. Um, it just seems like he's a lot more trouble than he's worth. Yeah. So if I'm Boston, why do I want to take that on? Just personally, um, I'd rather stick with Brown and, and Tatum they're both guys that you drafted, both guys that have been playing together for a long time. Yeah, they're very similar, but you know what? They should be able to figure it out. You know who else was kind of similar in terms of play style? Um, I don't know, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, but they ended up figuring it out. So let's just let them figure it out. Come on. I'm, I'm with you on that, Matt. Like You've got a great point there. Okay. We've got a lot of basketball that happened this week from Steph's Cur- Steph Curry's 50-point game to Anthony Edwards' 48-point game. Like, there was some wild things. Matt, what do you want to talk about this week, all things considered? 
man, there's so much to talk about. Um, I do want to talk about the Warriors and their absolute 10 and one fabulous start six game winning streak at the moment Steph Curry looking like an MVP candidate without Klay Thompson his 35th career game with nine plus three pointers which is nearly four times more than James Harden and Dame Lillard who both have nine each at second place like they're not even breaking double digits and this guy's at 35 just wild and they only look like they're gonna get better the fact that they have to play the Bulls and the Nets this week will tell us a lot about what their roster actually is without Clay. But if they can get even one and one in those games, like it, they're scary good. They're looking like a, a really good bet to win the NBA championship this year. And it's not just Steph, right? Like he has been fantastic, easily the MVP front runner. But like, I want to bring up Wiggins, for example, who just like stealthily can get 15 points out of nowhere. The dunk on Cat the other night, bro, was absolutely disgusting. If you haven't seen it, this put-back dunk is the dirtiest thing. He goes over Cat to put the ball back in the hoop. Like, whoo! Wiggins is probably think, mad that Cat made them trade him. <laughs> right, but Wiggins is loving playing against, like, with Steph Curry. Like, he gets to be like the ultimate role player on this team. And with Clay in the wings, with Jordan Poole having his up and down moments, like Golden State, Golden State is the scary team that Matt and I have watched for years and have just been waiting to show up. And like, you know, we were there when the end of the dynasty happened. But Steph Curry's making it look like they're coming back to life out of nowhere. And your point about Wiggins being the ultimate role player, the one thing that everybody hated on him for was that he could score at will but wasn't a great rebounder or assist guy, that he'd always average like three and two in those categories. Whereas like on Golden State, he can drop 35 points in a game against the the Wolves on 14 of 19 shooting, by the way, which is just nutty. And only have four rebounds and no assists and nobody's complaining because they have enough support around him with Draymond and with Steph to do the other things. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was like five years into the league and they were talking about um, the guys to average more points than him and there was only like seven guys in the entire NBA and he was considered a bust at that point. Crazy. So it's not like he can't score and his defense has turned around man this team is very scary and the wolves the wolves can't figure it out because they have two players with 20 plus purrs i mean cat at 26 um guys averaging 23 and 20 26 like top 20 in the league and they're still what like three and ten just brutal matt it's because of one thing in my opinion you ready they traded Wiggins for D'Lo, and D'Lo is good. He's a good player. He has his moments, but he sells. He has moments where he just sells, unfortunately. That's just the player he is, and he's just slotted back into what Wiggins was doing there, and they haven't been extremely successful, which is kind of a shame when you have such a talent in Cat and the way that Anthony Edwards has been playing this season. like It just kind of hurts inside over here. It absolutely hurts. Could you imagine this team if they had kept Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine and had Carl Anthony Towns and Ant-Man? You could put Zach Levine, Ant-Man, and your starting guards, and then Wiggins and Cat. All you got to do is find a power forward. Man, this team's litty. But, hey, you know, different realities. OKC could have won, like, 30 championships. So we're getting sidetracked here. Um, 
give me another team that you want to talk about, man. I mean, there are some good ones in the West or the East. You pick. I mean, I'm down to stay in the West for a little while because then we can move to the East and then we can talk more raps and the other teams around it. But I want to talk about the Suns really quickly, right? Because we could we could mention the Jazz, but the Jazz are just casually at 8-3. and three. They're winning the games they're supposed to and they're doing what they do, even though some of them aren't having a great season. But the Suns are my more interesting story because they're right there with the Jazz, right? They're 7-3. and three. A week ago, people were super concerned about this team because things weren't going great. But they're just winning their games because they are a good team, even with struggles. So, you know, there's the controversy of the investigation, this, that, and the other thing. Suns are still winning games and they're still doing okay. And so that's why it's a more interesting conversation, in my opinion. Well, you can only beat the teams that are put in front of you. And so last week, um, I believe they had already won two games of the six-game winning streak that they're already on. But, I mean, they're beating the Cavs, who they're a mediocre team NBA wise like in the middle of the pack um, the Pels at the bottom the Rockets at the bottom the Hawks who are struggling to get wins right now and the Kings and the Blazers so they don't really have like major wins on this win streak but again you're right they're 7-3 and three, um, so they you know they've turned it around I I like the way that their roster is constructed and I think if they can get out of this controversy I mean CP3 is still playing like yeah. an MVP candidate so they're a good team, and they're going to be in the top half of these teams, barring any injuries, barring anything stupid happening. But that's why I wanted to bring it up. Looking down the rest of the table, don't really need to talk about the Nuggets. Jokic is a boss. He's doing his thing. Right Almost below them. 70% true shooting percentage on 25 points. That With 13 rebounds. Like, he's a... Oh, oh, I can't even explain it. He's the best center that I've gotten to watch in a long time. But right below them, Matt, the super interesting conversation, the Mavericks. 7-4, and four, winning games. Luka doesn't look in shape. The basketball is not fantastic to watch. Kristaps Porzingis is not it. But they are winning games. They're, at this point in the season, well above 500, according to the way it works. And, Matt, it's wild, especially when you got Luka Doncic. According to wins and losses, they are above 500. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, but they are. I mean, Luka Doncic is almost averaging 25, 7, and 8, like 24 and a half, whatever. But outside of him, man, they've got Tim Hardaway, Finney Smith, Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell, Kristaps Porzingis, like, and Brunson's got the second highest per on this team. It's it's not well constructed around Luka Doncic at the moment. They don't have a true superstar. Their three losses are to you know, three of the contending teams, um, the Nuggets, the Heat, the the Bulls, but they do have wins over the Jazz, the Bucks, us, the Celtics, the Clippers, like not bad. They're just middling at this point, And that's kind of what their roster is saying. When you have a talent like Luka, you definitely get pulled into like the middle of the playoff seats. Think about Russ and OKC, right? And Luka's kind of almost a more efficient version of Russ at this point. Honestly, you got me there. And and all I hope for for the Mavericks is that they don't have to face the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs this year because Luka's going to get them to the playoffs. And if they go against them for the third year in a row, I'm going to lose it, my dude. I'm going to lose it. He should beat just Paul George, even though PG <laughs> is having a fantastic season. He's got, got the Clippers on a five-game win streak. Again, Thunder, two against Minnesota, Hornets and Blazers. Nobody real special there, though. Exactly. Okay. I'm down to jump a little bit further. I want to bring up the Kings really quickly because apparently on Monday, Marvin Bagley decided he was not going to check into the game. 
when he was asked to by coach Luke Walton. Now, okay, he has played 10 minutes this season, which was in game two against the Jazz. He's obviously not a part of their rotation, blah, blah, blah. But man, the cojones for when your coach says, hey, get in the game. Uh-uh, not doing it. Wild. Uh, they got to get rid of him. They got to cut him. I mean, they should have traded him last year before they told him that he wasn't going to be a part of the rotation. That's uh, just a bad situation. And to think that they passed on Trey Young and Luka Dodges for this man, um, I wouldn't have drafted him over those two guys. That's for sure. And that's just a bad organizational decision. Big, big pain. All right, Matt. Anyone else in the West you want to talk about? Do we need to bring up the Pelicans way, way at the bottom? You don't have to hurt me with that, man. I know <laughs> I suck. No Zion, no Ingram. That's not my fault. Um, John Morant, I do want to talk about this man because he's still having a fabulous, fabulous season. He's doing it without Dylan Brooks. Um, they're, he's just so good, man. He's got a 25.6 per, which is almost eight points higher than it was last year. He's averaging almost 27 points. Like, just, I am feeling jaw magic this year. Uh, I look forward to a couple of years from now uh, the Luka versus Jaw versus whoever else MVP races because yeah my boy Jaw is killing it right now. Absolutely. Okay, man, you want to kick it out east? I mean, you thought the Wizards were going to be good, but did you think they'd be like number one in the East? Good. I mean, no. I could, I'll be honest here. I expected them to win games. I expected them to have these moments. Did I expect Kyle Kuzma to be draining dagger threes to close out games? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But they're 8-3. and three. They have the best record in the East right now. And I'm pretty pumped about you know that, that right now. For sure. Dude, they've been lights out good. Montrez Harrell, after having a horrible season last year, is proving why he was sixth man of the year two years ago. Kyle Kuzma's playing like the Lakers made the biggest um, mistake of their lives. Um... Yeah, they're just, they're really good right now. Um, they're going to have to go, they got back-to-back L's against Philly, so that's not the worst thing. Um, but they're at the top of the East. They're tied with the Bulls at 8-3. At and three. Um, Those Bulls, man, just keep chugging along, eh? They're, they're a fabulous team. I knew the Bulls were going to be good. I said they were going to be good. You know what I wasn't ready for? DeMar DeRozan to be the best absolute unreal player on this team. He is an all-star. He is a killer. You cannot stop this man. I am so, so happy for Debo right now. Um, He is playing like he's a top five player in the NBA right now. He is... I think this is probably one of the highest purrs of his career, if not the highest purr at 24. Um, he's averaging 26 points back to his prime uh, with rebounds and assists. Like, efficiency. Yeah, he doesn't hit the three. He's hitting it at a, at a career rate, though, at 35%. Yeah. And, like, he's just... Man, this is the DeMar that we miss, you know? A hundred percent. That's why we love him. That's why we love him. And, you know, he, he had to go to purgatory for a few years in the Spurs organization. And, like, the media kind of forgot about DeMar because he was playing on a team that was not good and was Bad. in the shadow of the Kawhi trade. But he learned some big, big things in his time in San Antonio. And he is bringing that to this team that is showing up. Like, Caruso has been fantastic. I'm punching myself for not playing him yesterday in fantasy. The guy had six steals, Matt. Career high six steals, and I put him on the bench. What am I doing? Happens. Like, oh, exactly. <laughs> but like, I'm so happy for the Bulls. I hope the success continues. Debo, for 
all-star captain or or starter. I want to see it. Man, Debo, baby. You know what uh, team that got back on track, though, this week in, in the past couple games is those Brooklyn Nets, man. James Harden has, uh, has figured it out since... Uh, that 19-point free-throw game. He's not still averaging. He's probably only averaging like four outside of that game uh, since. But in in that stretch, they've gone 6-1 and one in, that se- in those seven games. He's averaged 19.3 points, 8.7 rebounds, and 9.3 assists. Uh, so he's looking great again. Again, And, and Durant is doing Durant things, right? I mean, it helps when you have Kevin Durant beside you. But, Matt, one of the other biggest yeah. factors that I think for Brooklyn is LaMarcus Aldridge. Claxton went down with a bit of an injury, and he was being big for their center moments. And Lamarcus coming back, and he's just loving playing basketball. I'm pretty sure he's shooting like above 40% on like three plus shots right now, and so it's a big deal for Brooklyn. It's a lot of excitement, and at the end of the day, Matt, you weren't sure. Yeah, exactly, and and you weren't sure, dude, if Brooklyn was going to keep up there. And I mean, I still think that Kyrie Irving is a massive benefactor. I. I don't want him to come back and play because I would prefer not having another absolute stunner of a team, but the Nets are figuring it out, right? And like sitting at eight and four, Philly's also sitting at eight and four, right? Like some of these teams that I wasn't sure about, like I'm pretty impressed at the end of the day where they're sitting. Absolutely impressed. They figured it out so quickly and without Kyrie Irving because they looked really lost there without him. The fact that they've they've turned it around without him just makes them not much scarier for the playoffs. Um, could it be Kevin Durant returning to the finals against the Golden State Warriors? That would be lit. That would be a good NBA Finals, my friend. But I'm sure teams like the Heat and the 76ers are going to have something to say about it. Um, the Heat, man, they're a good team. They did lose to the Nuggets, Lakers, and Celtics this week. Um, 76ers just lost to the Knicks and the Bucks. So there, you know, there are some really good teams in the NBA. Teams struggle. It's it's a long season. The the Heat Matt are kind of like the Jazz of the East right now, just in terms of their makeup, the players that they have, right? Like Bam is basically a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, much like Rudy Gobert is, right? So I'm excited to see this Heat team do well. I obviously love me some Kyle Lowry, and I want to see him have the good nights that he has and less of the bad nights because that's all he's doing right now, unfortunately, for the Heat. He's either, like, 120% or, like, 30% of Kyle Lowry, which sucks, but, you know, he's bringing stuff off the court to make it worthwhile for some of those games, unfortunately. Yeah, you know what, man? Kyle Lowry does need to be kind of a focal point in order to feel that... I, I We all do to be feel that self-importance, to feel like you're contributing. So he's either, you know... Kyle Lowry, all-star Kyle Lowry, or Kyle Lowry, disengaged Kyle Lowry. Um, but, you know, the Heat in the playoffs, when he is going to be focused on all the time, they're going to be a very, very good team. A team that I was really shocked to see at the bottom of the table, the Atlanta Hawks, man, on a five-game losing streak. Granted, those, those losses have come against the Jazz, the Warriors, the Suns, and the Nets. Um, so, you know, not not the easiest teams, and it doesn't get any easier with the, the Nuggets and the Bucks. Do you think they can turn it around? Do you think they're going to make the playoffs this year? How are you feeling about that? I mean, I really thought the turnaround was happening, and then Steph Curry dropped 50 points, like, and they took another hard L. Like, I do feel bad for this Hawks team because they have a lot of good pieces. They're designed to win, and they're just going through some struggles. You know, there are a lot of young players on this team. 
And much like the Raptors, you know, you're going to go through those struggles. So I'm going to hold out on this team. I'm going to give them another 10-plus games to decide if they're going to be above 500 or below 500. Because I think, you know, by game 25, which is, you know, kind of interesting because it was around that when McMillan showed up. Anyways, you know, like, I have have to give this team time. I can't sell them just yet, you know? Yeah, I think they're... They're a good team. I really like uh, Collins, Capella together. They're a great front court. They've got shooting with Hunter and Reddish and Trey Young, obviously, like the young Steph Curry. That's why Steph had to drop 50 on him, you know, prove who's <laughs> the boss. But you, Trey's scoring numbers are down and his efficiency is down this year. So that rule is affecting him. Maybe mm-hmm. not as severely as, as it affected James Harden, but he's still getting used to it. Um, so I don't know if they're gonna, you know, be the same team as they were last year. I'm, I'm ready to kind of sell on this team, but I'm still holding my stock because of, of the fact that they were the Eastern Conference finalists last year. Um, so they've they've got some graces for me, but I mean, seven straight losses is not gonna look good if they lose to the Nuggets and the Bucks, which are very likely possibilities. You got to get one win in there if you're gonna be a contender, right? 100%, man. I think you're completely on the right track with the Hawks. But you're right, exactly. A little bit of time. We've got some time for them. Anyone else on this side of the table before we move into Raps chat? Because like, I feel like we can talk about the Cavaliers when we talk about that Raps game. But there's there's some things still going on down here. I do just want to mention that uh, in Cade Cunningham's last three games, because we kind of gave it to him a little bit last right. week, he's been <laughs> averaging 8, 8.3, 6, and 3 um, on 36% uh, three-point shooting. His field goal percentage only 34%, uh, percent, so it's not great. Um, but, you know, he's still a rookie. He's playing himself into game shape. We'll, we'll see how that goes. That's the thing, right? He's the number one draft pick for a reason. We have to take our shots fired when we can. We did it against LaMelo last season because he had those two bad games. You know, it, it happens, you know. A year or two from now, Cade's going to be fine. He's playing himself into shape. He's playing with, unfortunately, a bad team. And also, Jeremy Grant hasn't been the same that we saw last year trust me i know he's on my fantasy team i feel that pain right now hey he's not sneaking up on anybody this year that's for sure but man let's let's talk about those raptors i mean they played the pistons this week but we had three l's man after a five game winning streak we've got a three game losing streak going those calves stole that game from us we should have easily beaten them we kind of took our foot off the gas kind of what's going to happen with a young team didn't have scotty barnes felt pretty sad about it man we fell asleep we had a 15 point lead we shot nine free throws in this game and only made five of them and that's a big deal because you know that's four missed points and you lose a game by one especially on free throws that darius garland puts in and like i was excited to see this game because i really wanted to see a full game of evan mobley i've gotten to watch a bunch of Cavs games but i haven't gotten to see him and the story around Mobley about how he's he's so well adapted to this game, especially considering he's playing with Jared Allen and 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 Larry Markkinen and this big ball that that the Cavs are doing, like it was refreshing and fun to see. But man, I was pissed. I can't believe it. We led that whole game until the last four seconds. <laughs> it was I I was so annoyed because Matt Devlin was saying for like the last three minutes of the game. Cavaliers have never led, and they were coming back right after we kind of let them back in the game. Cavaliers have never led. Cavaliers have never led. Cavaliers have never led. And I was like, stop saying it. Stop it. And then again, with four seconds left, Cavaliers have never led. Oh, they lead. 
Jeez. Yeah, it was a bad game because we fell asleep at the wheel. Um, Brooklyn, man, we had a great start, but we kind of fell apart in the second half. Um, I think, you know, reintegrating Scotty back into the lineup at that point with Siakam too um, wasn't the best uh, timing for us against Brooklyn. We still played pretty well. Um, but, man, last game was brutal against Boston. They took it to us. I mean, if, if you look at all three of the box scores, what you see is a bunch of shooting from all of our starters because all of our main guys who like take shots, who can score buckets, are, are all around that 13 to 20, 25 points in the past three games, all taking somewhere between 9 and 18 shots, right? So Nurse was in this place where he was trying to figure out his rotations again, right? Bringing Siakam back in, Scotty returning thing. Missing Cam, I still think, was the biggest deal in the Nelts, and especially the Celtics game. Like, we got we got trashed on the boards last night. There's no better way to put Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like, Williams, I'm pretty sure, had more offensive Eight is alive. Exactly. Like, it was painful. And, and you know, Cam would have helped. We still would have gotten crushed, I think, because we did not have it. Our energy wasn't there. We came out, and, and you know, I mentioned earlier when I was talking football, right, about how when you're just slowly trying to crawl back, that's all that Celtics game was, and we just never had it. And that's what's going to happen when we crush them in game two. Like, it was a great storyline for Celtics fans. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're very happy about it. I wasn't so happy as a, as a Raps fan. Um, do love to see Scotty Barnes scoring that 21 points on 7 of 11 shooting. Um, you know, they told him to shoot more after that Brooklyn game where he had, he was 8, 7, and 4 on 4 of 7 shooting in 30 minutes coming back from that finger sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's he's just a stud, man. I, he's definitely the best NBA rookie at the moment. I, I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year if he continues at this pace. Uh, why wouldn't he? He dropped 21 points in the loss the other night. Um he scored 20 plus points multiple times already this season scoring was supposed to be an issue for him but he's averaging you know a plus 17 points a game like it's nuts i think the biggest issue with our roster and the way that it's constructed is kind of going back to what i was talking about with og and and barnes og feeling slighted because barnes is now kind of the better number one option yeah and siakam coming back compounds that issue and to me he's fourth in terms of who should be shooting the ball at best. Like, I might even put Gary Trent over him, man. And this is why I brought up my earlier comment about how if you look at the box score of these games, you see Gary, Fred, Siakam, Scotty, OG, all taking that 13 to 18 shots, right? And the problem isn't that they're all taking shots. The problem is, is that they're not taking the shots at the right time when this player is hot and that player is hot. And it's because Siakam's trying to play himself back in. OG knows that he can put up 20 points, so he's going to take those shots. Gary is trying to prove that he can be this defensive monster and hit the threes when it wants to. Like They all have something to prove, and we haven't quite hit that point of perfect synergy, which we had a week and a half ago when Nurse knew his rotations. He knew this guy was playing with this guy. You're shooting buckets. You're rebounding. And we now have this weird new situation with Scotty returning, with Siakam returning. Like it just It's painful because we know that it's there. We know that the success can happen. We saw it against the Cavs. Like, we should have won that game, but bad things happen, and it's unfortunate. And I have hope that it'll go back up, but Matt, we might have a minutes problem, and that's scary. I think if we're going to return to that early season form that we saw of this young, exciting team, we're going to have to trade Pascal Siakam. Um, I've been on that train for the past couple of years that's, that 
Pascal Siakam just isn't it um, in terms of that number one player. And I don't think he's willing to accept being anything less than a number one player. Um, there are multiple instances during the last two games that I've watched yeah. where he goes for a contested, almost sometimes double contested layup as opposed to trying to make the extra pass to the open guy. So he's a little bit of a me guy to me. He didn't like the fact that Kyle Lowry was still the man on the team last year mm -hmm. when he was the top scorer, which I don't like. You know, Kyle kind of raised you, you know, show some respect to Kyle. Uh, why are you such a me guy? And I'm just going to bring these, these stats here because obviously it's only a two-game sample size with Siakam. Eight games for Scotty, um, and then 10 for OG and Fred without. Now, Scotty's numbers, 17.6, nine rebounds, two and a, two and a half uh, assists per game without him. 14 and a half points, seven rebounds, four assists with him. So his assists go up, but his points go down. Mm -hmm. OG, 20.6 points, six rebounds, three assists, 15, six and a half, three and a half. And then Fred's numbers are almost identical. His rebounding goes down. 18.7, yeah. 5.3, 7.1, 18.5, 3, and 7. Wow. So I think that's, again, magnifying the issue. You see Scotty and OG get affected, whereas Freddie, and I, I looked at Trent's numbers, his didn't really get affected either by Siakam. Siakam just isn't it in that spot, and we have OG and Scotty, and... Siakam is a luxury to have as the third option in our forward rotation that we don't necessarily need, who's eating up minutes and taking up shots that we could be giving to guys in a better rhythm. It's it's where you want the perfect world, right? It's where you want everybody working together. You think about Kawhi and PG supposed to be the t perfect tandem pair. And yeah, they're great, but so far it hasn't worked out at the end of the day. You think about Scotty and Jordan. Or, sorry, yes, you know, I'm black. Yeah, too many, no, Scotty too many Scotties now, man. Oh my gosh. But like, you think about that. That worked out. That was amazing. But it is also around the team that you build, right? And the Raptors are in this weird place where we've got all of these bigs that can do all of these things, but we don't have a true center except for maybe when Cam is on. Precious, I'm going to quickly say, has had a terrible week. You know, you made a comment about how... Um, Siakam was running to the hoop and not looking for the right pass. Precious, my dude, what the heck? Like, calm down. Don't run into small guards. You're going to get the... <laughs> Last night, there was a play where he just... He got the steal, and he and Svi were on the break, but Svi was ahead of him, and he yeah. just doesn't pass. He does that consistently, and it goes back to his tough layups. Like, if he could just stop taking layups, our team would be even better than they are. Um, but again, he falls into that kind of yep. Barnes, OG, um, Siaka, Boucher, Achua, um, and Birch to a lesser extent. I think Birch is definitely more of a true center. But we've got five, six guys who can play in that small forward, power forward rotation when we only really need to be focusing on Barnes, OG, and like maybe some backup quality players. Like I like Svi. Svi's been really good this year. He can play in that rotation. It's it's weird because we, we did this thing and now we almost don't have enough small players, enough ball guard type players that can do certain things. And, you know, you bring up the Siakam trade and, like, I, I don't disagree. A Siakam trade would be fantastic if we get the right pieces, if it allows us to bring in a more explosive guard, someone who can provide more on the passing end, or 
a true big, for example, that allows Kem to play the backup role and allows us to focus the three and the four with that rotation of OG, Scotty, Svi. I have to talk about Utah because like I think about some of these moments in the past three games where like, yes, we have a minutes problem with those bigs, but Utah Watanabe could come in at the three, could come in at the four and be that energy that we need. You know when Malachi came in and got that foul, that really hard foul that, you know, he was just trying to earn his minutes? Utah is going to be like that, and we need more moments like that. It was a shame that Malachi got that foul, unfortunately, you know? It is what it is. And, and with Utah, I mean, definitely a foul. I, I don't think it was a yes. flagrant, but um, it was definitely a good foul. Um, and then I think with Utah, as opposed to Siakam in that role, let's say, like, we took Siakam and Van Vliet yes. and package mm -hmm. that for maybe an explosive guard and a true center like I'm not even talking needs to be like amazing but like a, a Robert Williams type you know we're like underrated but a true center mm -hmm. um, for and got an explosive guard Utah provides what Siakam does in terms of energy without needing to score With without no needing Yes, and which allows OG and Barnes and Freddie and Gary Trent to keep doing their thing. Like, it, he doesn't steal that away from them, which is kind of my issue with Siakam right now, is that he's stealing the, the shots away from our better players at the end of the day. Yeah, he got paid because of that amazing run, and he was, the you know, probably the, the Robin to Kawhi's Batman, but... We had a lot of Robins. We had Kyle Lowry. We had Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. We had Siakam. Like, we had Gasol. We had Abaka. There was five Robins that he was a part of, hmm. he, and he's never truly been a Batman. That's for sure, in my opinion. I think that we're in a tough place, right? We, we have to make some decisions, you know? I want to see more Scotty with the ball in his hands. He's he's putting these turnovers anyways. He's already throwing up turnovers. He's going to do that as a rookie. We have an issue where we can't have Fred play 40 minutes. It's Mr. Fred plays the entire game, Van Fleet. He is for the past two, three years, been the highest. I'm pretty sure he's played the most number of minutes of any player in the league the past two years. And we can't have that in the fourth quarter because he needs to run things for us if Scotty's not on, if OG can't do this or that. So we've got some decisions to make. Really interesting week ahead. I love that you bring up Scotty Moore at the point because there was a, a moment last night, I forget who he hit, but he hit a full court pass and for an easy dunk. And I just remember the camera panning and kind of catching Fred's reaction. And Fred's reaction was, holy, did you guys just see that from the rookie? That was wild. How did he make that pass? And so I truly believe Barnes he might not end up as a as a true point forward mm -hmm. but he can kind of hybrid into that role um i think the the way to to a championship which i don't think we can get this year but it, it's definitely packaging siakam and freddie and going after a true center and a and a stud guard um i wish like james wiseman uh was on a different team so we could go after a guy like him you know, like, because, like, that's all we really need in terms of level of play is a James Wiseman like center. Um, you know, if they still want Siakam, we'll do the Andrew Wiggins trade with, 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 uh, James Wiseman and we'll give you Freddie and, and, uh, <laughs> no, you're saying no to that? I don't know, man. Yeah. There's, there's so many ways to think about it. Yeah. Maybe we flip uh, Wiggins for an actual guard. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk more about Siakam trades next week. Matt, the only other thing that I want to bring up that I saw, there was a moment 
because we haven't talked about Chris Boucher yet, and I feel like we need to bring him up because he hasn't had a great season. There was a moment where Scotty was like asking for a cut. I think it was Chris or somebody else, and it was just sad because they wouldn't do it. It might have been Precious. It might have been Chris. But either way, it's like I want to see the perfect ball being played. Trust each other. Allow each other to have your moments. Like there's a reason why super teams only work when you have so many players and then everybody else is a role player. Because if you have too many talented pieces, four, five, six guys that can all be it, you just maybe you don't get there sometimes. It's, I think, our biggest struggle right now. Again, it's it's because we're out of order, and it's because our our de facto number one player, in my opinion, is Scotty Barnes. I think he's proven that he's the most talented player on our roster which has disturbed the hierarchy because he's such a young gun. And because of the way that Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and OG have come up within the Raptors system, they didn't get it as young guns. They were told to develop. But again, none of them had that talent level that Scotty has. So they have to take a, a back seat to that, which I don't necessarily know they're willing to do to a rookie, which is the hard part. And the, I think the key issue with our roster construction as it's built and that's why i see if we can flip van vliet and siakam for younger pieces that would fit better into our hierarchy because i think og's accepting of that two role yeah i think you know he sees that barnes is who he is um and gary trent is more than happy to be that three um he loves to take bad shots sometimes (laughs) but his defense has been fire so i'm okay with that um and then we kind of you know, swap out some younger Fred Van Vliet Siakam pieces there. That's what I'm if, looking for. If we can gain pieces to elevate who is still left, and of course I want Scotty, of course I want OG, and of course I want Gary Trent Jr. Oh, Matt, you're convincing me more and more. Why do I talk to you about our team? You just made me sad. I gotta, I gotta get rid of my... Uh, I don't even know. Man, for the last three years, you've been such a Freddy uh, Siakam guy, and I've been like, they're good, but I just don't think they're it. <laughs> no, I got you. I'm I, telling you. Slowly and surely. All right, Matt. Let's look at this week coming ahead because we've got three games. We got Philly in like half an hour. Really weird game. It's going to be Team Protocols versus Team Can't Really Figure It Out and is on a losing streak. Like, no Embiid, no Thibault, no Tobias. We should win this game, but Philly is still trucking along. So And back-to-back games are always tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. We should beat the Pistons, though. Uh, you know, Cade versus Scotty is going to be a nice little look. Uh, oh, yeah. Something that the NBA is hoping will be a 15-year run of great play. And then we get the Blazers. We get Norm Powell. Um, you know, we're out. We're out in Portland, though. So we'll see how that goes. Norm is quietly being fantastic for the Blazers. Also, I'm pretty sure he's the number two option right now. He's a better CJ. So hey, I'm pumped, Norm. I hope you have a great season, but when you come home, please don't destroy us. Please, please, Norm, please don't do it. No, we're going out there, man. It's a it's a road trip to Portland, so okay, great. hopefully. Oh, thank God. Hopefully they don't beat us too bad out there. No, yeah. we'll get the win. Yeah, exactly. All right, my dude. Anything <laughs> else? Anything else or is it takes time? I think it's takes time, my friend. All right, well, I'll lead us away. You know, you were talking about Golden State having this tough week ahead of them. I'm excited, Matt. If they can get through this, they can do anything. Golden State, 3-0 this week. Slapping down the Bulls and then at the Hornets and the Nets, no problem for this Golden State team. Steph Curry might drop another 50. I wouldn't put it past him, man. Especially <laughs> against that Bulls team and the Nets. He's going to need it. 
Um, I'm going with a little bit of an easier take this week on the Lakers. Uh, two and two wins over Minnesota and the Spurs. You know, the bad teams, losses against the Bulls and the Bucks, the good teams. But also throwing a little extra spicy one. I called it mid-episode, but Ooh. I really liked it, so I'm going to stick with it. Baltimore versus the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl this year. Mark it down. Write it in your calendars. We're only halfway through the season, but that is what I believe, my friends. Bird Bowl incoming for Matt. I can't wait to see if it comes true. Awesome, man. I think you're good, though, to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, whatever you need, and check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.